Moncrief with Energlaze on News Talk. Now, when he died in 1821, an autopsy was carried out on the body of Napoleon, and the doctor performing it, for reasons that are somewhat unclear, took to the decision to cut off Napoleon's penis. As the Mickey of one of the most famous men in the world, it quickly became a collector's item. It changed hands a few times, but in the last couple of decades, only a handful of people have laid eyes on it. Ashley Cowie from HistoryFuzz.com joins us now. Afternoon, Ashley. Good afternoon, Sean. How are we? Not too bad. So why did the, the doctor originally cut off his penis anyway? Was that a thing? Well, just to put this into context for your audience, could I possibly ask you a quick question first? Sure. How long have you been riveted by penises? If you could just give me the broad strokes, has it been years or is it a new thing? I, I'm, I'm a bloke, so it's been in my entire conscious life. Indeed. So let's let's kick off then. I'm going to put this in context. So you're a bloke, you've got the background. Well, when Napoleon lost at the Battle of Waterloo in 1815, he was transported to St. Helena's Island in the Atlantic. And um, there in 1821, after he died, as you said, Francesco Antomarchi, who was Napoleon's surgeon, cut off the penis. It was alleged that he cut off the penis. Now, regarding why, we'll get to that. But the penis was actually stolen then by Napoleon's, um, by his cleric, the man who did the last rites. And allegedly, four years prior, Napoleon had told the cleric that he was impotent. So the cleric had this in for Napoleon. And when he saw the size of Napoleon's member, he couldn't do anything but steal that thing. It was special, Sean. It was a special penis. Or as you like to say over there, a special Mickey. Mm. It was it was in a nice presentation box as well, though. It was treated with some respect. No, that this is the thing. So, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in the position where you've had to smuggle a penis out of another country, but it's complicated. Sadly not, this. no. No, no, I can't. Well, well, and, and <laughs> so, 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 right, if you're undertaking the smuggling of a penis, you're not going to have a presentation box. That thing's going to be stuffed into your trousers, isn't it? He mm. had to steal it and get it back to his family collection in Corsica. Well, what happened was Paul Vingali, who owned the Vingali collection, he bought this from the cleric, and it was put into this famous collection in Corsica. So there would have been a wee bit of underhanded business going on there, if you know what I mean. Yes, indeed. Uh, and and the, the, was there a kind of a, a certificate of provenance? You know, could it be absolutely proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that this was Napoleon's penis? Well, yeah, you know, penises tend to leave their traces and their marks. And um, there is no doubting that this is Napoleon's penis because it has this heritage, it has a lineage. All of the people who are connected with the passing of it, their stories have been verified. So there is a non-paperwork. There's a paperwork trail from the early 1900s because when the penis... Um, arrived in Corsica, that that collection, Paul Vingali, the Vingali collection was sold to United States in 1916 and Mags Brothers bought it. Now they ended up selling it in 1924 to A.S.W. Rosenbach. He was known as the Napoleon of the auction houses. He was a huge collector and it remained with Rosenbach, this penis, until 1927 and it passed on to the Museum of French Art. Now this is when it gets groovy because the curator at the museum of French art described it, ready, as a maltreated strip 
of buckskin shoelace <laughs> resembling a resembling a piece of leather or a shriveled up eel. And we're not talking about a conger eel, yeah. Sean. We're talking about a wee river eel, you know? Oh, oh dear. Now, but uh, I assume that, uh, that it hadn't been treated in any way to preserve it. It had just basically shriveled up with the passage of time. Now, you've got to be, I mean... So I thought you'd have had a bit more of a background in what happens when penises are chopped off and smuggled. Let me just go mm. back to the starts and give you a bit of furbishment here. Yes. The, 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 you, you, the question you posited exactly was what? Remind me, Sean. Uh, it wasn't treated in, in, in any way to preserve yeah. it. Yeah, so this is it. Now, when, when the surgeon cut the penis off Napoleon, he also took nail clippings. He took pieces of Napoleon's hair and he also had the, the death mask, the mask that's moulded after death. Now, all of these items, these body parts, would have been put into formaldehyde. You can't smuggle a penis across the Atlantic Ocean. That thing's going to start to... It's going to smell a bit, isn't it, by mm. the time you get it to Corsica? So here's the thing. When that penis was finally measured, it, was, it, it came in, today it comes in at just under an inch, just over two centimetres. Now, if you imagine that was placed in formaldehyde within the days after being cut off, that suggests the penis measuring just under an inch is almost the same size as it was when it was cut off. Now, contextualizing this mm. all of the myths regarding napoleon claimed that he was a small man they called him the petite general the small general this isn't actually true napoleon the average french man w measured four foot nine at that time napoleon was pushing a good five six five six or five seven the reason they called him the small general was because he surrounded himself with enormous bodyguards over six foot five in some cases so he always looked small now, here's the thing, Sean. If we accept that Napoleon was slightly higher than the average Frenchman, it means that his pecker was particularly tiny. Yeah. You could almost say Napoleon supported what's medically defined today as a micropenis or a mini-meggy. Wow. Is that, could that have been the motivation for the original doctor for cutting it off because he'd never seen such a small one before? I just think he had a fondancy for Mickey's and he was maybe into collecting. No, I do. I think, and also the the doctor cut it off, but it was the chaplain that stole the thing. You know, a man of the church here stole yeah. the booby. So that you know, there's a quite a lot of, as I said, underhanded kind of moves in this whole thing. Yeah. Nothing more underhanded than the than the family who ended up inheriting it. John K. Latimer in 1977 was the most famous urologist in America. And he used to pull this out and present it as like after dinner, after dinner party tricks. They had it on a small velvet purple cushion and he used to pass it around the table. And there on the middle of that cushion was that little reverie legend say that when he used to pass the, the velvet cushion around the table and if anyone rubbed that wee eel, it turned into a conger. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah. So uh, now he's dead now. So his son, as I understand, Mark Evans is the owner and has Evans produced it since that time or has he is he keeping it under wraps no Evans um is attached to the penis and he's been associated with quite some time but the person who has their hands wrapped around Napoleon's penis today is actually the daughter of oh. the of the famous um, John K Latimer now she two years ago exposed she showed the she took cameras into her safe vault and they took the penis out and it was exposed shown to a youtuber but it was never actually shown on camera and now the reason for this is quite cute 
She was offered $12,000 in 1978 for the penis. But more recently, she's been offered over $300,000. Now, if you figure out that's less than an inch, that's working out somewhere about $75,000 a foot if you've got a proper one. Yeah, that's some money. I'd say if she holds out, she could probably get more. Ashley, that's a fascinating story. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today. That was Ashley Cowie there, a historian and a broadcaster at HistoryFuzz.com. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. With Anna Glaze on News Talk.